Our next guest here on Couch Conversations is a seven-time tag team champion for NWA, TNA, Impact Wrestling. Please help us welcome our next guest, Wildcat Chris Harris. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for coming on the show, man. I know you've wrestled in WCW, TNA, Impact Wrestling, and WWE. Mm -hmm. But before we get and dive you know, into your career and your journey into the wrestling business, I got a couple things that I want to show you. All right. First one is this right here. There we go. I was wondering. I was looking at your collection, man. I was. You got uh, any of those? I got a few. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we still sell some. So uh, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I thought I was uh, missing from the bunch here. So I'm glad you got one. That's what, awesome. What was your thoughts when your first figure got released? Was that your first one, or was that a couple? No, we but, had. Uh, there was a tag team set. You and uh, Storm. Me and Storm. That were released first, and then that was with one. that was with the blue trunks on. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was really cool. So like, what was it like a childhood dream? Like, oh man, I like made it in the business. Now I got my own wrestling figure. Yeah, I guess since we had been there from the beginning, um, we were just um, as as we were adding layers onto um, everything that TNA was doing. Um, I remember they brought out a. a, a we had heard about uh, action figures and. And uh, they brought out kind of a prototype that um, they okay. were looking at. And I remember uh, at one of our TVs that um, I was looking at, and I just, yeah, it was shocking. I couldn't believe that I had actually been made into an action figure. Um, you know, you got all the hopes and dreams in the business, but um, that's so far-fetched. And, you know, to have it happen was really cool. I think, you know, for, for a lot of my uh, family, um, even though I had, you know, done pay-per-views and been on tv and things like that i think that was when they were taken back to where it's like oh he really did make it <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah man i couldn't imagine like going to the store and buying an action figure of myself or just even <laughs> just seeing yourself on the you know on the shelves you know yeah. so yeah it was it was a major major ordeal for me all right, cool. I got something else for you, right. but I can't. I can't give this to you. I can't give you that either, because okay. that was. My, but uh, I can't give this to you. Um, but I would, because I don't know if you actually got this. And I got it from a friend. A friend let me borrow it. He said his aunt grew up with you, and used to take him to the shows at Peel's Palace in Northern Kentucky. So check this out. I used to it might him. be the only one in existence. He's got two of them, but one of them is a cutoff shirt because he. Used it in the summer as a cutoff. Now this <laughs> one is in like pretty perfect condition. You remember this? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. How old's that bad boy? That was uh, that was the early days of Peel's Palace. That was when I was still uh, producing my own shirts, and that's uh, supposed to be kind of like a cat scratch across there. So, yeah, man. I, I, can you authenticate the signature? I can. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's so old you, school right there. You don't have any of these, do you? Uh, I saved one of everything, yeah. Do you really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not the only one in existence? There's no, there's one. a bunch out there. Really? Yeah, I sold them. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just making sure. I didn't know if people still had them from the Peel's Palace uh, days. I don't... Now that, you probably... It'd be hard to come across someone who still has one, but um, <laughs> I know my brother still has has one, but yeah, I used to sell them at the merchandise table, so... That's awesome. Yeah, I made a bunch of them. They're they're out there somewhere, maybe in the garbage, but they, they were they were made. <laughs> that's I'm glad awesome. somebody kept it in pretty good condition too. So I know it. Yeah, Still got cool. the signature on it. Yeah, that's awesome. So before reaching all these major promotions, 
uh, you know, you started off like any other, you know, professional wrestler. You're training uh, locally in Cincinnati. Uh, you're, you know, up and down the roads doing independent shows, you know, putting in the work to get where you ultimately end up uh, in TNA, WCW, WWE. Uh, what was that like in your career when you were doing like Peel's Palace, which is like small independent shows? Well, at the time, you know, you never look at it as, as small. That was huge to me. Um, I actually started my training up in Ohio. Um, I wasn't aware of bone crushers around here. Um, and I just did some research, found one that was, it was, it was about three and a half hours away. So I was making that drive every week uh, to and from, uh, still holding down a regular job. Uh, and I did that for about a year before I made my de debut. And then within just a few months, I uh, got wind of uh, someone told me about uh, Peel's Palace having matches, which started out with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Jim Cornette's promotion. Okay. Um, Peel's they, Palace was a part of that? Yeah, they were running there. Um, I'm not how, sure how often. I'm, I'm assuming maybe once a month. But they were running there, and uh, they wound up pulling out, and NWF stepped in. Wow. And so um, they had been there maybe one month. Uh, maybe two, uh, and um, I asked to see the promoter and talked to him, and I was booked the very next month. So for me to get on something locally like that was a pretty big deal to me. And, you know, my family and my friends could all come out and didn't have to travel or anything like that. So um, so that was exciting. But just what Peel's Palace became, I mean, it, the events we held there were just, they were huge to us. And, and the fans were, uh, um, man, they were just, they had – the energy that kept fueling us so it was just exciting every month i mean that was that was our madison square garden that's awesome Peel's palace so yeah it was it was very exciting and we uh we had a lot of uh, i mean a lot of angles that were run there so that you know people kept coming back and we had some huge crowds in that building so um that was a it was a i mean i, I think back of that and have great memories of of peel's palace abyss also was yeah, there also. He, he came in about a year after I did. So uh, yeah, we we came up together and and did the indies together and uh, just you know kind of had similar paths along, uh, making our way into the business. So yeah, we uh, him and I faced each other many a times. <laughs> way before the TNA days. Way before TNA days. Yeah. <laughs> so did you grow up a fan or like if so like did it what wrestlers influenced you or your style of wrestling yeah i mean in, in my day i grew up uh it was it was saturday morning tv you know a lot of the mm -hmm. kids were watching cartoons and i was turning on saturday morning wrestling yeah um and i just uh i don't know what it was i'm um, i mean the i was never much of an athlete in school so i don't know if it was the athletics or maybe it was the the showmanship the drama and all that that just grabbed my attention um but yeah the as a kid growing up in it, uh, the one that stood out to me, I was always a Randy Savage fan. Okay. He was the one that was just, um, you know, like, like my superhero, you know, something that, you know, wasn't just an actor on TV or, or something, you know, one of those that, that we like in Hollywood. I mean, this guy was a superhero and, and just some of the things he did just were, were incredible. And so I, as a fan, I felt, I, I fell in love with, uh, everything the Macho Man did. I just thought it was really cool and came up in the, and uh, those years you know, watching him, and uh, I was back and forth between WWF, uh, NWA, WCW. I was I was so into all that kind of stuff. And um, but then after that, once I started taking another look at the business and um, started appreciating what they were doing in the ring, um, the guy I watched a lot was Bret Hart. Okay, uh, that's the one when I 
started taking it more serious um, that I really could get into and um, you know just his execution of moves and um, he just he a lot of people say he takes it too serious but I just liked how serious he really took the business and uh, you know it really meant something to him so um, yeah Randy Savage and Bret Hart those were my two big ones as I was growing up. Did you ever get to meet either one of those? I met both. Um, awesome. I um, I met Savage actually the first time I actually met him um, was his one and only event he did for TNA. I remember that. And um, yeah, it was uh, I you know and, and as I had been built in the company, um, you know, as you know, one of the main players, and you know, Randy Savage was there, so I went up and I became that kid again. Yeah, um, just introduced myself to him, and he was really cool. That was really about it. Um, uh, I don't think I ever got to meet him again, but um, but yeah, that was that was a thrill. I mean, when I heard he was coming in, I, I just thought that was really cool. And then I I got to see Brett work a little bit in WCW when I was there, so um, that was that was really cool. I, I met him there, and uh, I've met Brett a few times. Um, I don't know if he would remember any of them. It was nothing where I had a conversation with him, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, meeting my childhood heroes, man, it was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. So you signed a developmental deal with WCW in 99. You wrestled, uh, was it Worldwide and Saturday Night? Or? Saturday uh, Saturday Night, WCW Saturday Night and WCW Worldwide okay. on Sundays, yeah. Okay, at that point, because you really go from like the independents to WCW. That's the first major promotion for you, right? Well, my connection was there was when I got involved with the promotion in Nashville. Okay. Um, I, I kind of ended up, um, ended everything um, in my other areas, and I kind of had to make a commitment down there because they, they, had, uh, they had a TV deal down there. Um, I don't remember exactly where it went, but it was just a, you know, Tennessee had always been a big um, territory for wrestling. Uh, so I started committing down there, and that's where I made uh, the connections that led to WCW. And so I started down with them in, in 99, and, uh, but my first uh, date with WCW wasn't until the beginning of 2000. Okay. And I wrestled with, uh, we were doing, uh, there was a group of us that was doing security, um, so we were very happy about that. We were um, getting paid well, um, still getting paid well, even though a year later it was, <laughs> we could see why. Um, but uh, yeah, did did a lot of matches for uh, Saturday night and worldwide. And um, in October of 2000 is when I was offered a, a contract, which wasn't um, common for each of the groups they were bringing in for security. And you would get some, some, some of those matches TV matches, um, you know, they didn't just offer it to anybody. So um, I was one of the few that they did offer to. So, yeah, I mean, it was a huge deal to sign. You know, back in that day, it was the big two. Yeah. The big two you wanted to be part of. And I signed a contract with WCW. Did you feel like you made it at that point? Like, it had to be like a rush or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I felt it was my first step. I mean, I was was on the road with them a lot that year. And um, I felt like, okay, this is my start. This is... We're going to build something here. Never in our wildest dreams did we think it would be out of business. But mm-hmm. um, I knew that the matches they were putting me in, I was having good matches. I was getting to wrestle some some of the top top guys in the promotion. Uh, and my first match there was with Booker T. That's um, awesome. So, 
So, yeah, and, and I got good feedback. Uh, a lot of the guys that were handling um, our level, uh, we had Mike Tanay and Scott Hudson that were uh, okay. commentating, and they were they were real big supporters of, of me. Uh, Jimmy Hart was one, running a lot of it. So um, I got I got great feedback, and I just felt like, you know, it was something was going to come from it, and I signed my contract, and, and they started talking storylines. So from then, it was it was great. Let's let's ride this out. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready. Because I, <laughs> I wanted – when I watched – everybody else perform on nitro or thunder or something like that i i knew i was like i'm not happy with being security i want i want that yeah <laughs> so at what point in that wcw run did you appear on halloween havoc as the fake sting yeah um people still talk about that to this day I, um it was a lot uh, it was the really the look that got their attention we had similar body types um i had the the hair at the time and um Stings was a little shorter, but they were looking for, more for the crow sting. So, um, and even Sting himself, he's the one that painted my face up. Really? Yeah. And he uh, he looked at me and he said, "This is so weird. It's like looking in a mirror." <laughs> and so for him to say that himself, that was really cool. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was a that was crazy. Um, that was such a thrill for me to to be the one. I came up from the ring and I actually got to interact with Sting and. Um, be a major part of that match, but um, but that wasn't the only time they used me. Um, there was other times that whether if if Sting wasn't there for whatever reason, and they only needed an appearance of in the rafters or, really? or something like that, um, you know they wouldn't waste his time bringing him in for something like that. And so yeah, I was in the rafters at times. I was in coffins. Um, wow. Yeah. So I did it. I did it an, uh, a handful of times. But, Who made but, that call? Easy E, Eric Bischoff. I guess so. I don't <laughs> know. Um, uh, the big, uh, the big supporter for for getting getting the contract signed at that time was Terry Taylor. Okay. So and I'm sure he was in with the you know the creative, making things happen. So um, possibly when they came up with that idea of you know I'm sure he was a big supporter for me and. I'm sure they all took a look and were like, "Hell yeah, that's a no-brainer." So, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever it was, man, it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So, what was it like for you and other talent in the business at the time that WCW closed its doors in 2001? Because the business was like on fire, yeah. and then you got the, you got the Monday Night Wars, and then they closed down. You know, Steve Austin's doing his thing on Raw. What was it like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, that's just. It, Back then, it was just unheard of for one of the big two to, to close their doors, um, for one to buy the other, and um, and that. But that's for for the, those that were on my level. That's exactly what it was. The do door was closed. Um, the the top top guys were had they they were going to write out their contracts, mm -hmm. um, so they could sit home for quite a while and do that. And then the the top to mid card guys are the ones WWE took. Um, and then they still had a developmental group um, that they, a lot of those guys they sent um, for more development. Um, but they had their pick of the litter, man. They, they, they could pick and choose who they wanted. And the guys that were at my level, they were, really weren't taking a look at. So, yeah, it was back to, back to square one um, for me. But, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what I was thinking back then, but I'm, I'm sure I was feeling that, Hey, I, I signed a contract with, with WCW, so if I could do it the first time, then I felt like I could really do something else. So uh, I try to keep um, high spirits. There you go. 
So you mentioned you got to wrestle Booker T. You've been in the ring with Kurt Angle as well, Sting, and many others. I mean, top, top guys in the business. Do you have a favorite opponent? Well, that's hard to say. Um, Someone maybe you gel with easy? Uh, I had really good good matches with Christian. Okay. Um, we were, you know, when it comes to TNA, the, I, I – I, I got a first my first opportunity with WCW. I got to get in the ring with with Booker and um, Shane Douglas, uh, Kurt Henning. Um, you know, there was just a a lot of guys. I was you know still at that point still star, um, starstruck. Um, <laughs> but once we got into WCW, you know, we had some credible names that were coming in there, and uh, you know Jeff Jarrett was our leader. Um, so uh, it was great to have those names come in to to really give. Um, some notoriety to our company. Um, but, of, of course, from the beginning, I, I started working in the tag division. So um, there were a lot of uh, – I had some favorite opponents as, as tag teams. But, um, yeah, when Christian came in, I felt like I had real good chemistry with him. And as far as singles, I got to work with Jeff Jarrett a lot in singles. And, uh, you know, he's he's one of the best workers I've been in there with. So, um, of course, I – it wasn't much on the the main level with Abyss, but I had I wrestled him all over the country, and uh, we had really good chemistry. And then, of course, with Storm, uh, before we even were tag team, and we uh, were opponents on in the Tennessee area. So, um, so I had I had really good chemistry with him as well. So, yeah, I've had, I have a lot of favorite opponents, and you know, we just made it work. It's even, it's even better when it would make it on TV. So, um, to where the world could see. That kind of leads to my next question. You mentioned James Storm. He was your tag team partner, America's Most Wanted, and TNA. Uh, how did that How did that all come together? Did you always see yourself as a tag team guy or a singles guy? Or? No, we both saw ourselves as singles guys. Um, we had had a connection with Jeff from WCW. Um, and when we had heard of the promotion starting up, we wanted to be a part of it. And... Um, lucky for us, they were kind of doing a, a run through, um, in Nashville, uh, for, uh, the upstart of the promotion. They were doing a lot of, um, they, they tried out the broadcasting team. Uh, they were trying out their, um, announcers. Um, uh, just, just a lot that they were kind of doing a, a run through, uh, at that time, but it was also kind of a scout for talent as well. And Storm and I wrestled each other on that night and it was probably one of our best matches that we've ever had against each other. And um, uh, we got we got the word from Jeff when we got back. He said he'd be in touch. And within weeks, uh, we got a call from uh, Bob Ryder, who was help, helping put uh, a lot of the talent together. And um, the, we were booked on the first show. The first show we weren't together, um, I was in that gauntlet for the gold. Um, and Storm was in a tag team match. But within that very next next event on um, the second TNA show they had us teaming up and I think it was one of those cases where uh, you know starting the company there was just so much going on so much to do um, and as far as your talent pool uh, you, you know you're, you're there to build new stars but you also has to have to have some credibility with some main names and um, they were kind of getting the whole situation together I think they knew they wanted us. They they wanted to do something with us. They just mm-hmm. didn't know what to do, and so it was kind of an easy easy fix. You know, put them together. Let's see what we got. 
And even though Storm and I had looked at it like we're going to have, you know, we want to have some singles runs here, um, you know, when they put us in a tag team, we got together and just got a level head about it and was like, look, this is our opportunity. Let's make this work. If they're going to put us together as a tag team, let's show them that we're going to be the best tag team out there. You did. And we did. <laughs> Seven-time champ. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, you spoke on Jeff Jarrett, so I won't, you kind of covered that. You said he was great to work with in the ring. Oh, yeah, great to work with in the ring. And, and Jeff was our leader. I mean, he, it's hard to believe. I don't think a lot of be, people have gotten the appreciation uh, of what Jeff was doing um, until maybe recently with because he's been doing a podcast now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, he's given, given a lot of the, the inside to um, the – upstart of the promotion and how to run the business and it's just amazing of what that guy was doing morning till night um you know we i saw him at the events but he i mean that guy was working every single day meetings um all the time so uh it he had grown up in the business so it, you can kind of see where he had that knack um but uh yeah jeff um I thought he was great for us. Uh, he was great to learn from. And, um, you know, he, he carried the company on his shoulders for a long time. So, um, yeah, I have a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation for, for what Jeff offered us, gave us. Awesome. I think a lot of fans like myself, we're always kind of curious of what it's like backstage. So, for an example, like at the Impact Zone uh, for TNA, what was it like in terms of, are, are there a big group of wrestlers kind of gathered around, you know, watching the show, you know, staying the whole show, or is kind of wrestlers coming in, you know, doing their match and leaving in and out, or how is that backstage? Um, well, it's an all-day event. Um, from the time you get there and, um, you know, you, you, you get uh, get a full belly of food and uh, the, the, the workday starts um, from doing pre-tapes to, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, we talking about the action figure you know if the action figure company was there then they had to take pull you aside to do things like that it was just a a full day of um whether it be interviews or um you know a lot of pre-tapes so you have to be ready for those going over your matches i mean just um it's a complete day so um yeah you're you're kind of focused on what you have to do and um but then yeah when the show starts you know you you play your part everybody plays their part and you do it well that's what makes a great show so um, yeah, there was a lot of guys that were, um, you know, congregating around in the back watching, you know, because that's the only way you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, even the top guys, you know, the big names that were there, they, you know, they would they would stay around to give advice. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a we had a great. Um, I, I'd like to say it was a family. I mean, we we were all there for the same purpose. We wanted to make TNA great. We wanted to make it, you know, a, a, a huge promotion, and so. Um, you know, everybody was there for the for the same same goal, and uh, we were just um, it was teamwork. We were all doing what we had to do, and like I said, play our own part um, to make this thing grow. What was your thoughts on the six sided ring? Did it hurt worse than for uh, you know regular um, squared circle? No, I mean you'd be surprised. It's uh, a lot of people have I've asked been asked that for years, um, but it it really wasn't much of a difference. I. I wasn't crazy about it at first. I thought, well, you know, what if it's, why are we changing history? Um, but uh, the, the first time we were all able to get in there, uh, the, the first night, we, you know, the afternoon we were able to get in there, 
um, you know, take some bumps and hit off the ropes and, you know, climb to the top, whatever we needed to do to, to work it out, to get comfortable in it. Um, but once you're in there working it out a little bit, it really, there's, there's not a whole lot of difference. Uh, I think a lot of the more aerial guys would tell you that the ropes are tighter. They probably mm-hmm. liked it even more, you know, being able to, uh, maybe springboard or, or something like that. But, um, but other than that, uh, it just, um, no, you just got to get used to it. And it's a, it's a matter of uh, getting your timing down, um, being shot off the ropes and, and uh, those kind of things. But um, you really get used to it. And I, I started to become a fan of it. I, I was really um, – I thought it was something that separated us, that made us different mm-hmm. um, to the point that I was uh, – I just shook my head when they changed it um, in later years. That they, yeah. got, they went back to the four size. I was like, well, that's – one of the things that makes TNA so different. So, right. um, yeah, I became a fan of it, and it was uh, I didn't mind working in it at all. Okay. I hear all kinds of different stories about the six-sided <laughs> ring. <laughs> Some people have called it a playpen in the past. Playpen? Yeah. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I, I think like you, I think it was unique and different, you know, separated, because if someone's going through the, you know, the television channel and they see that, they're like, well, I, I haven't seen wrestling in a ring that's, you know, an octagon. Yeah, it's just, it's stood out. And I think uh, they got the idea from uh, Mexico. I think they had that down there and Jeff brought it back. And um, yeah, it was kind of hard to get used to at first, but um, no, man, I think it, I think it was a great addition for us. Okay. So did you ever get to work with Russo in TNA? I worked with him a lot. Okay. Yeah. How was that? I, I enjoyed Russo. Um, I mean, I know he gets uh, he takes a lot of heat for a lot of things mm-hmm. um, that he did. But I, I first met him in WCW because he was there um, during that time I was there. Um, I only did I was only in the security position with him, so um, he never you know he wouldn't remember me from back then. But um, yeah, from the get go, um, I mean it's it it was hard for us to get on his radar. I think he was more focused on. Um, some of the names he was familiar with um, mm-hmm. to work with, but he's also pretty good with uh, uh, generating new talent. And um, but as our relationship grew, um, yeah, I mean the guy's got some great ideas. You know, we all know that you know, he doesn't have. Uh, sometimes <laughs> he doesn't have so such good ideas. But I mean that goes for everybody. You know, anybody yeah. that's put in that position, you're not always going to have great ideas. Right. And um, you know, a lot of times he had his ideas filtered down so to where. Um, you know, you just throw stuff against the, the wall and see what sticks. But um, he was a big, uh, big proponent for me in my singles run with Jeff. Um, he helped me a lot in there. He had some really good ideas for um, uh, our tag team uh, quest. And uh, even later on, you know, he was there. Um, he was there for uh, after uh, America's Most Wanted was done. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed working with Russo. I thought we had good... Uh, Good connection. We had uh, good communication. So, you know, if there was something that um, I had questions about, I, could, I felt like I could go ask him. Okay. You know, we had m- many conversations on the phone. So I, I enjoy working with Russo, and I feel like he's an asset to a company. Um, you know, just as long as, you know, you don't – sometimes it's better to have the um, – maybe you call it the democracy, you know, where, you know, he, he throws some ideas out and gets mm-hmm. some input from everybody else and, you know, Everybody, you, you, you instead go of the, having just one people, one person, you know, creatively make the decisions. Yeah, not everybody's going to have all great ideas, so that's yeah. just how it is. So, um, but no, I, I enjoyed working with him. What's your thoughts on creative and storylines now in the business? You know, 
WWE, Impact, or AEW, you know, NWA, and so on. Well, I think that's a lot of the problem with nowadays is there's not a whole lot of storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, get in there and wrestle, and you know, two guys have a have a issue with a title, and they're wrestling for the title. It's just it's just not um, you just don't uh, get emotionally in, invested as, as much as we used to. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, we would work to to really get the people caring about you know what what's going on and uh, what happens next week. And God, you got to tune in because you can't can't miss it. You know, I, I'm still of that mentality of um, because when I was coming up, uh, it was you know Monday night was the night. Yep. I mean, it was um, it was just a you couldn't miss Monday night for whatever reason. I'm still thinking that like when Mondays come, I'm thinking you know Monday night wrestling. You know, this is cool. But then I turn I might turn Raw on and five minutes into it, I'm ready to change the channel. <laughs> no. It just doesn't uh, it just doesn't get you the the way it used to. So um, yeah, a lot of people call me old school and, you know, I, I try to, um, keep up with the times, you know, I, I'm with a lot of the younger generation now and, um, see what they like and what they, they, um, they admire and what they watch. And, um, but yeah, the truth is, it's just, uh, it's just not the same as it used to be. And, um, I think if we had more, uh, more storylines that, you know, people cared about that could really get invested in. Then uh, I think that would—that's much more than um, whatever fancy move you could do in the ring. I mean, there's no doubt about it that the guys nowadays are more athletic than than they ever have been, right. uh, much more than me. But you know, you can do the fanciest move in the, in the world in there, and that's not going to get you to watch next week to see the next move. You want to—you want to progress that storyline. So, right. Um, but I still watch. I ch- still try to keep up with all the product. And uh, there's some I enjoy, and there's some that I really do not. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I am, you know. I listened to Eric Bischoff's podcast, and he talked about, you know, his time in WCW. What he tried to have is that surprise factor, you know. People want to watch because they want they don't know what's going to happen next because there's all these crazy things happening every week. And I think AEW kind of did a good job with that with Chris Jericho and Inner Circle. Like, it made me want to tune in the next week. What's the Inner Circle going to do this week, you know? I think Jericho just did a hell of a job just pushing and, you know, getting over with the Inner Circle. Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of AEW. Um, there's a lot of the guys that um, I want to strangle sometimes <laughs> uh, because of, you know, maybe their performance. But um, AEW is, uh, yeah, I think they're they're trying to do it right um, mm-hmm. You know they're trying to involve some some more uh, interesting factors to to make you want to watch to make you want to tune into next week. So um, I mean that, they still have a long way to go, but um, I love watching them. Um, that was the first program in a long time that I could actually watch start to finish. Uh, my wife and I would would watch the program, and I wouldn't have to fast forward a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I just didn't didn't care about. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of AEW, and um, I I can't wait to see what they do. You know, the more the more they bring in, um, you know, just it's a, they they try to keep it exciting each and every week, and try to add more for um, what's coming next. Can you tell us about the Clay Davidson music video? I watched it. Oh yeah, it. are you doing watch? Yeah, I'm like, man, he's the whole music video. Yeah, <laughs> How, how'd that all come about? Oh uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, 
at the time that was I was in Nashville um, doing my thing in Nashville uh, right about the WCW time and um, yeah I mean it's Nashville's the country capital and um, uh, Clay Davidson was an up-and-coming musician and they were gonna film um, a video um, that was wrestling related and so they were coming to a few of the shows, a um, few of the events that, uh, and they just wanted to take a look at talent to see who they could put in this thing. And they actually had somebody else in mind. Um, and they watched one of my matches and I got, I got pulled aside at the end of it. And the promoter said something to me about it. And he said, they're really interested in using you for this. And I really didn't know what to make out of it at the time. I was like, <laughs> okay, you like sure. my wrestling, you know, I, I wrestle all the time. You know, you can film whatever you want. Um, I didn't really think of how big of a deal it really was. And, um, so, uh, but yeah, I was, I was very excited. I was honored to be able to uh, be in that position. And, um, you know, if you listen to the words of the song, you can relate it to pretty much any aspect of life, but they were, um, relating it to, to the wrestling world. And, uh, and so, uh, a lot of what they filmed of me was, um, you know, around the ring or in, in, you know, doing moves in the ring, you know, things like that. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a two day production. Um, I showed up, I did what I was told and, you know, and I got the finished product. And even just when I first showed up for the thing, I just, to see how big of a deal this really was. I mean, it was going to be a country music video that was on, um, CMT and, you know, uh, all those stations. It's before uh, the YouTube days for, oh yeah. you know, all the young people watching. I actually became, I, I wasn't a country fan at the time either. So really? um, once this came out, I was um, flipping on CMT all the time, just to try to see my video. And, uh, and I always <laughs> thought it was cool. And so as I had the channel on, I would start to, you know, hear, listen to the songs and see the videos. And, and I, I remember seeing Toby Keith on there and um, I thought he was damn good. And I, I mean, I, some, some of his videos, some of his uh, music, you know, the words to his music, lyrics, um, and so I, I became a Toby Keith fan and then, you know, just became a country fan after that, just from trying to search out my own videos. So, but it was, it was cool, man. It was really cool to, uh, I was, because I hadn't re- necessarily made it on the big stage of wrestling. I was being recognized more from that video than I was really? wrestling. Yeah. Wow. Did you get to meet Toby Keith when Jeff brought him in? To yeah. TNA? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was really cool. That's awesome. So, um, you got to work with Dusty, Dusty Rhodes also, mm-hmm. and TNA. Is that the only place you worked with Dusty? Or? Um, that was probably the first. Um, I can't remember a time before that. But, but we went. Uh, we did some indies with him as well um, as we developed our relationship. And uh, Jeff and Dusty were very close. So, um, But, yeah, he, when Dusty came in... Um, Somehow we just all wound up becoming, you know, really, really close together. We did a lot of six-man tags with him, um, which was just, just he, he just made it fun. I mean, just being around Dusty, you know, it's hard not to have a smile on the entire time. And, um, you know, we would do all the work and tag Dusty in, and Dusty come in and be Dusty. And it was just, <laughs> it was just uh, really nice to be part of that. Then when they brought Dustin in, and it was kind of like the four of us were, were, they were like honorary members of America's Most Wanted. So it was really cool to be be, uh, be able to work with Dusty and Dustin a lot. And then, um, I'm sure we'll get to this later, but even my WWE days, 
Uh, Dusty was helping run. Okay. Um, developmental. At the, at the time, yeah, it's developmental. At, at the, it, this is before um, FCW. NXT. It was FCW. Yeah, Florida okay. Championship Wrestling, and Dusty was a big part of that. So, um, but yeah, I, I loved working with Dusty. You know, I mean, he's one of the best. You can't can't go wrong by learning from him. Yeah. What's some of your favorite TNA moments? And anything, matches, storylines, opponents. Oh man. I don't know if we have enough time for all that. Um, you got anything that sticks out? Um, like, I, what was it like winning the uh, tag team championships the, for the first time? First time was just, it's almost like you, it, it doesn't even sink in when it first happens. Because um, some, some of the later ones I remember more because it, was, it had sunk in and I wanted that taste again. I wanted to, to be champion again. So, um, But, yeah, that fir- the first time – I think what was going through our minds more than anything is that, you know, these are the same titles, these are the same championship belts that Arn and Tully won, that Rock and Roll Express won, the Road Warriors, yeah. you know, I mean, it, we were in, uh, we were going to be in the record books alongside those names. And uh, that, that to me was a thrill because, uh, like I said, when we found out that we were going to be a tag team, those were the kind of tag teams that we watched, the old school guys, you know, that's what what we came up on and, and it was good. Um, just, uh, uh, I guess I'm just trying to think of just the, the scientific edge of uh, the, the psychology of the matches were just made more sense watching those guys. And so that's what we applied to our team. And I think that's really what got of a lot of attention in the earlier days because, uh, uh TNA started in 02 and all that was around them was WWF, WWE, Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a really big tag team division. Uh, most of their tag teams were two singles guys thrown together. They get a title title reign, and then they're feuding within six months. So, you know, it, I think we've really got people's attention to where it's like, man, these guys can really do it. They can really um, get out there and, and bring back, you know, what we love about tag team wrestling. So, um, yeah, that was – those were thrills. I mean, and the guys we got to work with, um, some of the old school guys, we got to work with the Rock and Roll Express, and uh, we even had a match with Terry and Dory Funk. They're, they're still going. Rock and yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have something coming up with them, those guys too, uh, coming up. So, um, but then we got to work with um, those that were fresh off their hot streak with uh, the the Dudley Boys and um, um, New Age Outlaws. They they were in there at TNA. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, just some of the, the up-and-coming talent that we got to work with were um, were great. So I have a h- lot of highlights um, as far as the tag team matches. Our cage matches were um, people still talk about today. Um, my split with Storm was a big highlight. My world title matches with Jeff Jarrett. Um, just, um, yeah, so much. And, and just the traveling. I mean, just just being, on, being able to travel with our family and um, – meaning the, the, the company, and uh, just being on the road with these guys. I mean, you just you, you spend more time on the road with these guys than you do your own family. And um, so just to be able to um, day in and day out, you know, make these relationships that, you know, you, we, you still carry on to this day. So, um, yes, yeah, so many highlights. I mean, that was definitely the uh, best part of my career were my TNA days. That's awesome. Man, that clip that they show – it's you, right? On top of the cage, you're running, and then you jump up, take your legs around his neck, and then throw him off. Well, it. Elix is the one that 
Well, okay, you were, you, were, you were a part of that match. Or, yeah, right? I was the one that fell. Fell, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were sitting on top of the cage. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Alex Skipper, that was a match between uh, America's Most Wanted and Triple X. I've watched Alex. that so many times because they, you know, they always, like, put it on on stuff. Yeah, it's know? a highlight for a lot of different, I mean, it's, it's like every year comes around and, and it, it's out there in the uh, social media world that, you know, hey, so many years ago to this day and, um, yeah, Elix did an amazing feat doing that, and yeah, um, that was a long way to fall. But uh, what would that feel like? It, it, it didn't feel good at all. <laughs> I mean, that's it's hard enough just taking a body slam. You feel more later than actually in the moment when you got the adrenaline running, don't you? I I think that goes goes um, mostly with any kind of a slam. You yeah. feel that, but something that far down I mean, <laughs> anytime of a big slam you're gonna feel it at the time too i mean yeah. you gotta you gotta take it and kind of get your bearings back and move on to to the next thing but um yeah elix seems to get a lot of the credit for all that and they forget <laughs> about the, the poor guy that fell to his <laughs> onto his back so <laughs> do you have any uh you know taking moves and bumps like that do you have any you know life long injuries from the business oh yeah um to be honest with you, though, I I think I've been one of the lucky ones. Really? Um, I haven't had to take um, long amounts of time off um, for um, for injuries. I mean, I was hurt all the time, but we were just taught to you wrestle hurt. Um, no back surgeries? But uh, No surgeries. I, that's go. one of the things I feel like I've been very fortunate with. But um, being in the business, it's going on 28 years now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel it every day. I'm in I'm a lot of pain every single day. Um, there's certain things that I can't do. Um, but a, a lot of what I notice more so than just the physical pain, because there's a certain le- um, level where you just have to, you have to accept it. I mean, this is what we chose to do, um, knowing that we were going to feel this for the rest of our lives. So, um, and, in some forms I accept that. Um, but I've also been one that, um, Hasn't dealt well, not dealt well, but um, I've had a lot of head injuries as well, like with just the concussions. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of memory loss. And um, so things when it comes to things like that, um, that's kind of hard to stay focused. And um, as you continue on with your life, you know, just because of the head trauma. Um, but I do my best and... I got a great wife that she tries to keep me on the straight and narrow. And if I forget what I'm talking about, she's, she understands. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just something It's part of, part of it. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I'd like to consider myself lucky. I mean, nothing, nothing major, no career threatening injuries or anything like that. So I've been, I've been pretty good. That's good. Um, I want to bring up the Steiner brothers because they just got inducted into the mm-hmm. WWE hall of fame. They were a great tag team like yourself and Storm. Um, did you get to work with Scott when he was in TNA and yeah. wrestling? Um, Rick and Scott were there. Um, also got to first met those guys in WCW, but uh, we never did a tag team match with them. Um, but, um, but yeah, great guys. And I think by that time, Scott had mellowed out a little bit, so um, <laughs> he wasn't as intense. But really cool guys. I mean, they, they certainly deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, shouldn't have taken this long, but – um, but yeah, I mean, they, they got the rightful place and, um, in, in my eyes, one of the best tag teams there ever was back there. I mean, when the Steiner brothers were on top during the nineties, the man, they were, 
I mean, they were intense. It was it was awesome to watch those guys. <laughs> I remember those days, man, and the transition from when he went from you know the Steiner brother tag team to a singles guy. Mm-hmm. He had the blonde hair. Yeah, he did a whole pump. transition, man. I mean, he was and, and became a world champion. I was walking around as a kid kissing my biceps <laughs> like him. <laughs> oh man, so. 2008, you have your TNA run, you do, you know, you have one heck of a career in TNA. In 2008, you end up um, taking a deal with WWE, which lasts, you know, only about eight months. Um, You were a part of the ECW brand when they brought you in to the WWE. What was this experience like for you, like kind of beginning to end or how did it happen you know are you in negotiation contract negotiations with tna and wwe and trying to pick out you know the best option for you at that time in your life or how was that well there was a lot that went into decision making um i never necessarily wanted to leave tna um I was, I was, um, I had a great run there and there just wasn't, uh, my contract was up and there wasn't a whole lot that was going on. It just seemed like the more WWE talent that came in, the more a lot of the younger guys were, were pushed down. And I knew that, um, you know, I, I knew that I was in a point in my career where if I was going to do it, I had to do it now. I mean, I, I think, I think I was around 35 or something. So, I mean, I still had some good years left on me, but um, if if TNA wasn't going to um, take advantage of it, you know, my my commitment and, and um, you know, everything I wanted to be part of that group, then um, I was just kind of wasting away. And uh, I think Storm went through a lot of that too because we had just – we were just um, fresh out of our team just only about a year. And um, – so I was trying to think of what the next step was. And I knew there was interest because uh, prior to that, when we signed our, re-signed our contracts, um, that I had heard that there was interest uh, for us. And um, To have both of you at the WWE? Yeah, for both of us to go. And, um, you know, we decided to stay. I'm glad we did. But then it was, you know, coming time again, and they just weren't doing a whole lot with us, um, or, or me especially. Um um, we were on our singles route now, so we had to kind of look out for ourselves. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's just a, um, there was a lot going on. Uh, um, another thing that played a part in there is that um, after putting all those years in, and I think a lot of the other guys went through this in later years, but you know they offered a pay cut, and you know even though we're in this business to make money, um, I also wanted to be happy and. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the dollar amount. It's just, uh, you know, the commitment that we had put into the years in TNA. Um, I didn't understand why I was supposed to be going backwards. And so I, it was, it was a lot on my shoulders and a lot on my mind. And, um, it was just one of those things. I tried to look at every side of it and I thought, let's give this a shot. And of course they paint such a great picture over there, you know, when I was uh, talking to him. Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they make it sound like how, how great it's going to be and how... This is the big lead. How big of a deal it <laughs> yeah. is. And, and it was. I mean, you know, I'll never argue that uh, WWE is the, the biggest wrestling company out there. Um, probably always will be. Uh, but, um, yeah, they just... Uh, the, there just wasn't a whole lot going on um, with me there. I was kind of being uh, 
left to the side, as were a lot of other people, and my contract was up, so um, I just decided to make the move and see see what happens, see where we went with it. And um, so you were asking how the transition went the whole time. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, um, I thought I thought everything was going to be good. I mean, because they, they just were so high on me and things that we were going to do. Um, but it quickly changed after that, and it just became, um, yeah, one of the worst experiences in my career. Did that change starting with the Braden Walker name change and – how did you feel about not using Wildcat Chris Harris? The thing with that is, because uh, uh, a lot of people that have supported me through this, through that whole ordeal, um, you know, they, they rip on the name and, and the look and, and uh, you know, just, I feel like I, I had enough confidence in myself I could have made anything work. So the name necessarily, it didn't really bother me that much. I kind of figured going into it, that I was not going to be using Wildcat Chris Harris. We just get annoyed as fans when they when they do that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you have made a little bit of a name for yourself with that name. Um, but I, I knew the business, and I knew that you know they want to own their property. Right. And so I, I kind of went in thinking that that was it, and, um, and I'll take whatever we get worked out. What I didn't expect is for them to, in a matter of hours, um, put this name together. There was no thought put into it whatsoever. Um, they talked to me a little bit about it, but we um, had to have something instantly done um, when we were you know, coming up with different names. And, you know, they gave me a list that we were going through. But um, so I had a little bit of input in it, but um, there just wasn't a lot of thought process put into it for a, a billion dollar company. That you, mm-hmm. you would think they had steps and I had had meetings with the, the, the writing team and all kinds of ideas thrown out and. They went with none of it. It was like the okay. meeting didn't even exist. So uh, when they brought me out, it was um, it was a generic name, generic music, generic look, um, and so it, we really didn't give the fans any reason to care. So they get to pick what you wear, like what you wore to. Uh, I mean, they gave me a little input in it. Okay. And um, uh, but because I had so many, you know, all my. All my attire was Wildcat stuff. Yeah. So it was like in a in a in a matter of a day, we had to put something together, and it was all black. I mean, I, my first match there was just <laughs> in a black singlet. Yeah. Um, and I had brought my um, jacket, my uh, old uh, TNA jackets, to give them an idea of what I, you know, would like to do with something like that. And they they were excited about that. They even told me, said, "Yeah, you know, well, let's do something like this." But then they they changed their mind, didn't want anything like that. So um, it was just doomed from the start. They, um, you know, uh, the, the example I use a lot of times is uh, Ron Killings, our truth. Yeah. Him and I went over there at the same time. We signed our contract same day. Um, to the WWE. To the WWE. Um, both team. of us from TNA. Yep. Um, but however, if you remember, he he had started in WWE um, before he went to TNA. He had I had did a, not know that. He had had a short run there with uh, BG James with uh, Road Dog. And, I can't uh, believe he's still going, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, so, so they kind of looked at him as oh, he he left for a while, and then, so him coming back to them, they he was still a teenager, or I'm sorry, a WWE original, mm-hmm. um, whereas I wasn't. Um, they sent a camera crew to his house um, to kind of film some neighborhood vignettes, just to kind of 
tell a story, give them some background, give them, uh, give them something to where the people were interested in checking this guy out. And with me, they didn't do anything. And um, so by the time uh, our truth debuts, um, he was using his own music, which he, he is a he is a songwriter and a, uh, he's got his own music. Right. Um, so they let him use his own music. He had they kind of built a story up to it to where by the time his debut came up, um, people were like, "Yeah, let's check out this guy. We're interested." Uh, with me, it was it was nothing. I mean, and even if you knew of Wildcat Chris Harris, you know there there was no nothing similar to what this guy had, and they. Uh, just looking at my arsenal of moves, I mean, everything was too similar to what some of their guys were doing, so I had to cut everything out. Um, it was like I was restarting all over again. They wanted to break me down and retrain me. And wow. um, just the whole experience. I mean, they're, they're very good at, at uh, beating you down um, to where you just um, – I don't know. I mean, they, they, they made me lose a lot of my passion for the business. Um, mm. They just kind of, you know – get in your head and um yeah I, I mean it's hard to even explain but they 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 really try to break you down um and um and I, I was being sent to uh that fcw a lot um going through training classes when i had been in the business for a number of years right um it was no problem to get my um I, in fact looking back i mean there's they talk about how there's a wwe style of yeah. working, you know, I, I was encouraged to, to learn that I was all, all ears for that because I wanted to learn that style. I wanted to be a WWE star. Um, but the, just the, the, the way they went about it, it just, it just really, uh, breaks you down and makes you not even want to be part of the business. And so that, yeah, the whole experience was, um, just not good. And, and, um, I didn't recover for, a, for a long time after that. So, um, yeah, when I um, once I finally did get my release, um, it it brought a smile to my face. I mean, most people are devastated wow. when they leave that company because they're like, "Oh my God, where am I going to go?" Now I did have that that thought process going on, but I just wanted to get out of there. I, I it was it was horrible for me, um, and I just I, I just couldn't be a part of something like that anymore. I mean, and they obviously um, had lost faith, lost interest. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a, it was a happy parting uh, for me. I was glad to get out of there. So before it all went downhill so quick with WWE, I mean, you go from as a kid to watching WWF, WWE on Saturdays to walking down the ramp at a WWE event. Was that like a big moment in your life where you were like, man, I've actually done it. Or was it kind of like. You've already done this with TNA and WCW. Is it just like another crowd and you're going no, to No, it was definitely or? on a, a bigger level. Um, uh, but it was kind of like what I did with WCW. You know, I felt like, you know, hey, I, I made it. I signed a contract. Now let's make something work. Um, I was totally committed to that. I, I, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't married, had no kids. Um, I mean, they, they could have run me to death on the road. I would have been good for it. But... But yeah, I'd finally signed a contract with WWE. Um, I was going to be making some some good money. So yeah, I was. It was a, a huge accomplishment. But what I had learned at that point, um, and this is, goes back to me thinking, you know, where I, I I decided I shouldn't have left 
TNA. But when I was coming up, there was two big companies, and that was it. That's that's how you made your money. Mm-hmm. And with TNA, and especially nowadays, it's even more apparent. Um, but what uh, I learned that you can make a good living in this business even if you don't work for the the big companies. Right. Um, TNA, I had a, I lived a great lifestyle. I was able to wrestle um, all the time. I was on TV. I was made, uh, paint pay-per-views. I was, it was, I was just happy in that, in that setting. And uh, even if it wasn't as big as WWE, that's okay. I mean, I was making a great living and getting to do what I loved. And so it, it just, um, and that's what a lot of these guys are, are going through now with AEW, with Impact, um, you know, Ring of Honor's got a new new found uh, building. Um, you know, there's just so much going on now, and a lot of guys could still go to Japan. Yeah. Um, there's just so many opportunities out there right now. Even the indie levels. I mean, yeah. if, if you get, uh, I mean, if you get a decent name for yourself and you're willing to travel, um, even on the indie level, you can make a decent living. You know, you got merchandise. I mean, there's just so many things out there. You don't have to be a WWE guy to to make it and with um, social media i mean you build up your value of your name through you know having a contract with one of these promotions that's you know televised or on youtube or whatever you build up your value and then you build up your social media accounts and then you got companies that are reaching out to you that want to pay you to promote their products or you know whatever it may be so it's so much better that yeah the way you can make connections nowadays mm-hmm. uh, with promoters or even just the fans I mean, yeah. there, there's some that are big on social media. I, I'm not a huge social media guy, guy, but um, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. I mean, it it certainly works. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I want that for all these guys. I want everybody to be able – not everybody is going to take the WWE road, but um, I, lo- I would love for everybody to be able to make a living, a good living for their family, um, doing what they love and, and being a wrestler. And if you, know, if you can do that with other companies, then uh, – that's awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd love for that to happen with everybody that has this dream. Yeah. So did you get to, just to end the WWE run, did you ever get to speak with Vince McMahon while you were there? Or? One time. One time. Um, I, um, I, I decided to introduce myself to him. I'm sure this was one of the first times I was there because he was there at every TV. But, um, yeah, I wanted to introduce myself to him. I didn't know if he even knew who the hell I was. But, um <laughs> He, he said hello, and that was it. And so that kind of made me think, you don't know who the hell I am. I work for you, and you don't know. And um, I realize it's different. Uh, it was different then it's, and probably different now. But um, every time there was a hire in, in WWE, um, you know, you, you were brought in to meet the boss. I mean, you know, he's, you're working for him now. So um, I just thought it was uh, you just you, the guys deserve more. Um, I think if you're going to be focused on, and if you have, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to have, you know, minutes of TV time on their program, I think you should be able to be able to sit down with the boss and let him get to know you or, um, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, I had one interaction with him and that was it. Um, one interaction with Stephanie, um, a little bit more with, uh, with Triple H. So that, that was kind of cool. If I felt like Triple H cared a little bit more um who knows if that was a politic game he was he was running um i don't know because him and Shawn michaels both uh, approached me and uh, they made it sound like they had high hopes for me so that that kind of boosted me up i felt good about that but um 
yeah, just little by little, week after week, it just, uh, just the stock just kind of you know, started lowering. One more thing. So who's in Gorilla producing and uh, in that area right before uh, you make it to the ramp in WWE when you were there? I remember Vince. Vince was there a lot. Okay. Um, that was kind of his spot. Um, John Laurinaitis um, okay. was uh, kind of talent, talent relations. So mm-hmm. I had uh, good communication with him. He was the one I was um, that would tell me my next move and uh, things like that. Um, I don't remember exactly who else was there. Um, I remember one of my uh, my uh, backstage uh, vignettes that we did. Um, it was for the ECW brand. I, um, Bruce Pritchard was uh, okay. the the agent for that, which, um, you know, I, I listened to his podcast as well. In 2008, I think he was, it was a matter of days before he was out of there too. So he mm-hmm. seemed very not interested in, in even being there, um, not interested in uh, what we were doing in this promo. Um, I try not to take that personal because I, I, I came to find out that he was gone from the company days after that. So mm-hmm. um, it could have been more on his plate. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I felt like I'm, I met a lot of the big wigs, just, um, nothing happened. Do you still see these guys, uh, that, you know, you kind of grew up in the business with like at, you know, signings and, you know, do you go to comic cons or anything like that? Like that's wrestling one of the, signings? That's one of the big things I've gotten into is a, a lot of the, um, conventions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've been doing that for several years now. Uh, COVID took a, took a hard turn for that, but, um, it's, it's starting to come back a lot. So. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the best parts about it is not only getting back out there with the fans and, um, you know, they come out and show the support and, hey, I've watched you all the way back to this point. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, getting to see some of the guys I hadn't seen in years, that that's what I really love, um, just going up to them and um, saying hey and just, you know, getting to talk for a short amount of time. I mean, it, um, the one I, I did not too long ago, Storm and I did um, – Got to get to hang out with Earl Hebner again, and okay. um, we had some fun times with with him. Um, yeah, I got to see Gail again, which I'd see her from time to time in Impact. But yeah, it's just it's just really cool. That's some of the fun times uh, because we all have this um, this bond together. All those right. all those road days. Man, I couldn't imagine that lifestyle, <laughs> man. It's a it's a rough lifestyle, but it seems um, like it's fun from you know someone else's perspective. Like, oh, I get to travel, and but it's not really like what it seems, right? And especially if you if you do have a family at home, yeah. um, you know, taking time away from them, I get that. I mean, you know, there was times where um, if we were flying into a city, um, a lot of those guys would take the latest flight they possibly could the day of because they wanted to spend as much time with their their family. I would want to come in the night before. Yeah, so you, know? you were probably enjoying it. You were young. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I come in the night before and uh, you know get a good night sleep, uh, get up, go to the gym the next day. So I, I was okay with that. Um, that didn't bother me. But I, I certainly get both both sides of it. Um, but I, I, en- I enjoyed the um, road lifestyle. Um, planes didn't bother me. You know, do, things like that. So um, yeah, it, it was fun for me. And that's one of the things I tried to take to WWE. I was like, "Hey, use me. I mean, yeah. I'll, 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 whatever appearances you have, I'm, I'm willing to do." So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. That that part didn't bother me. You know, maybe in later years it would have gotten to me, but, uh, but yeah, I, I try to have as much fun as I could with it. So, 
you have your WWE run, 2008 that ends. You return to Impact Wrestling a few times, you know, throughout the years since then. 2021 being the most recent where you came to uh, be by your old tag team partner, James <laughs> Storm, helping him uh, get the victory over Eric Young. Unfortunately, it's the time during the pandemic, so there's no fans in the crowd or anything. Yeah. What was that like? That had to be a weird experience, right? Yeah, because I wasn't doing a whole lot of indies. Um, you know, I, I was... I kind of reduced myself uh, from in-ring things um, by that point. So um, the whole pandemic did, yeah, I, I um, uh, got a call from uh, Scott Damore, who I've kept in touch with, and he's, he's um, in charge at, in TNA, and it was going to be Storm's, uh, what was it, just 1,000th match, I think? No, I can't even remember. Uh, yeah, I think it was the 1,000th match. Yeah. And uh, they were going to do a little something with him and Eric, and uh, asked me about coming in. I said, "Absolutely, let's let's have some fun with this." But um, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Um, I know a lot of guys that just kind of got used to working without people, or maybe they didn't get used to it. I'd, that'd be hard to do. But um, I know I'd have had a difficult time with that. Um, but uh, yeah, when we went out, I mean, we just thank God we had each other to play off of, and you know, there was there was guys in his corner, guys in ours. So we just kind of did our thing, and uh, but yeah, just to see no fans, fans <laughs> there. That was just definitely something different, and thank God that was the only time I really had to do that. Um, but yeah, that had to be hard on a lot of the guys that, um, not only the new guys because they want to, they want to uh, know what it's like to, to work in front of so many fans, but even the the guys that have been around for years have been in front of thousands of fans right uh, for them to go back to where working in front of no i mean it's crazy you know but even all the way through the business even up wwe that level that's what had to be done for the time yeah that was wild man just watching it was i was actually i had tickets to wrestlemania in tampa uh and it got canceled what like three or four weeks before or something like that maybe six weeks before yeah. it happened because the pandemic happened and i was just Man, I was devastated. Cause I, you know, I wanted to see it in Tampa. I go to Tampa usually every year. I just enjoy the area, Clearwater, and all the beaches yeah, down there. Yeah, I love there. that area. Yeah. So I go there, and I'm like, WrestleMania is coming here. This is like my second home. I want to go. It's Hogan's, you know, home. Also, he's gonna come out and make an appearance. He's got to. It's Tampa. Um, so I had all that booked, and didn't happen. So. They ha it happened, what, I guess uh, the year year after, they kind of did like a, a WrestleMania there, but it was like not full capacity, so it really wasn't like... Was that in Tampa or Orlando? Or? Yeah, Tampa. Okay. They did the one in Orlando at the Performance Center, and then they had one in Tampa, but it wasn't full capacity. And then they just did like the normal WrestleMania again in Dallas. Hmm. I believe it was. Okay. Well, that so, sucks you didn't get to go to a WrestleMania. I, I know. So I'm waiting again to kind of wait to see, you know, who's on the card and stuff like that. Have you ever been to a WrestleMania? No. Even the year I was there, um, they usually bring everybody in, even the developmental guys they, they bring in. And for some reason that year, they had um, they X'd the whole thing. And so didn't even go to that one. So, wow. no, I've never been to a WrestleMania and. Um, that would have been something to add to my list of things to do, but um, like I said, I I, um, I don't re re regret 
um, how my career went. It was I had a great time, and um, you know you don't always have to be in that WWE bubble to yeah. consider yourself to have had a successful career. Yeah, you could have been working like a normal job. That's right. That'd been very boring for all them years. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, what's your thoughts on the business uh, right now, and like, where do you see the business going in the future? Well, I mean, it's going to be around forever. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people have said that you know that, that at some point wrestling will die out, but um, I mean, we've seen it go in its peaks and valleys, and. I think it'll be huge again. Um, we just have to have the right stars. Um, hopefully, we keep uh, there, there, there's we call it the competition, whether people look at it as competition or not. Um, there's so many companies out there. I think that's great for uh, guys that are in the business um, that they can make a living doing it and make a name for themselves. Um, uh, there's a lot about the business that that I don't like, that I don't like the way it's changed. Um, that's just because I'm, I'm old school. I, you know, there was, there's so much about the, that I love about the business that I just don't see nowadays, but um, it's changing. I mean, that's, that's what the business is. It's uh, always evolving. And so I'm trying to learn from it just as much as um, I try to revert back to what got us to this point um, which I have an opportunity to do with a lot of the young talent nowadays. I try to, you know, give them some of the old school uh, teachings, um, all the while applying what what they do now. And you know, a lot of the, what they do is what they see on TV. Um, and I can't fault them for that because that's what what I did too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I see big things. I I think the business is going to get bigger and bigger and there's always closet wrestling fans out there um just you know when it comes to even just podcasts or uh, the indie events um and then as big as some of the bigger shows have become um it's just a, it's an awesome time to be a wrestling fan it is, it is um it really is and you know you can if you don't want to spend that price tag for uh for a huge event you know you can support your local re uh, indie wrestling and um you know, get just as much out of that as long as they're not doing some crazy stunts or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, I see. Sometimes I see that stuff on YouTube, and I'm just like, <laughs> these guys shouldn't even be in the oh, ring. Oh you know man, what? I seen a brutal one the other day. I don't even remember who it was, but it was two female wrestlers, and they had like 20 chairs stacked up, and she's like suplexing off the top rope into these. Chairs. It, it it was scary to even watch. Like you could literally like break your neck and end your life right there. All for, yeah, you know, and, a I mean, crazy looking stunt, you know. And most of these, the, the the YouTube videos that we see, I guarantee those aren't the ones that are making any decent money, right? At this, and they're actually act, they're out there trying to do these these crazy stunts that are going to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. And um, yeah, there there's so much, so much that the business should be directed different um but you know there's there's everybody's stubborn you know yeah. we're gonna do it our own way and um i i go through it too i mean i don't do it myself anymore but i i have to really uh restrain some of these guys from doing you know crazy things on uh, the independent shows so yeah um, yeah <laughs> i think it, keep it simple you know it's all about selling making it uh make sense and telling a story to the crowd, you know?
Yeah, I mean, you can tell your story in facial reactions. Not. Right. I mean, know. look at Hogan. He was never a great wrestler. He just connected with the audience. Yeah. He had the character, the charisma. If you get yeah. the connection with the audience, they're going to want to see you more than anything you can do in that ring. So, um, I mean, you have to be able to deliver um, because they do want to see some of that, but the connection right. is with you, with your character. So um, that's what I try to stress on some of these guys. And um, and I, I, I see a lot of I see a lot of great futures ahead for, for a lot of these guys. Do you see anyone being the next Stone Cold or Rock? I'm a big MJF fan. I know it's much different than Stone Cold or The Rock, but he's just like so believable. Even on the social media, he's a heel. You know what no, I mean? At all the, times. Out of these younger guys, I mean, I, I'm actually an MJF fan because, you know, yeah, he goes out there and he he does his job. He gets you to hate him. And yeah. um, now nowadays people are trying to – um, see what their personal side is and what their uh, persona and in, in-ring persona is and, and how does that compare? And Okay, I'll hate him in the ring, but I won't like him out. Well, he makes you hate him outside as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just does good, and he's great on the mic. I mean, that's something that a lot of these guys just aren't capable of doing mm-hmm. is, a, is a really good promo. Um, too much of it's scripted nowadays. Oh, yeah, way and, too much. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like reciting lines for a, um, you know, an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the best promos out there were the ones that you felt. Mm-hmm. They, they made, made you feel what they were saying, and they made it believable. And uh, I think in, every time MJF gets that microphone, man, he, he, makes, you, he makes it real to you. Yeah. And uh, whether, whether, even if it is making you want somebody to kick his ass, you know, he still makes it real. He, he, I mean, he makes it uh, believable. So, um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the heels especially should pay attention to. Even though this kid's young, I mean, they should pay attention to him. That's one thing I do enjoy about AEW is that they're giving their talent, uh, you know, more opportunities to kind of not be so scripted as mm-hmm. WWE is. So it makes it, you know, sometimes it's bad for AEW because you get someone that isn't really gifted on the mic and. You know, they either go too long or don't really get their point across. But in other times, it makes it more raw and real for the audience. Yeah. I mean, I I, I can't speak for anything recent, but I know WWE, a lot, uh, a lot of times if you're doing a promo, an in-ring promo, they want you out there rehearsing, reciting, all this, right in front of Vince McMahon to get this, to see how it's going to go live. Where, Whereas, I mean, if I go through it, so many, it doesn't matter if I go through it 10 times, it's probably still going to be different when once that red light comes on. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the the guys get the best experience by getting out there and and talking talking from the heart. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I want to talk about what you're doing now uh, with NWF. Uh, that is in Cincinnati, Ohio, but you guys have shows in Cincinnati, Ohio, Northern Kentucky area. Most people don't know. That don't travel, you know. You got to kind of explain that Kentucky's only about a five-minute walk mm-hmm. from Ohio, <laughs> right across the bridge. So, what are you doing there? Are you training talent? Are you performing on the shows at NWF? And I know we have an event coming up this Friday, May seventh, Saturday, Saturday, May seventh, the Saturday, May seventh, Ludlow, Kentucky. Yep. Um, Beerkus. Beerkus Brewery. Okay. It's in Ludlow, Kentucky. Um, that's one of our major stops um everywhere we go we're usually there once a month once every other month 
Um, but yeah, I do a little bit of everything for NWF. Uh, it's the Northern Wrestling Federation. It's where I started. It's where Biz started. Um, and so I love being able to come back. And um, Roger Ruff, Ruffin has been the head of this for um, ever since it's been around. And so I love being able to kind of take a little pressure off of him. Um, him and I can sit together and come up with some ideas um, for the for the shows themselves. Uh, but I'm at training every time uh, at the uh, the training school about called Bone Crushers. Um, I will help these guys, you know, critique anything I can for them. Uh, help them develop characters. Help them develop promos. Um, tell them what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And uh, that's what I get excited about nowadays because I don't perform much myself anymore. Um, but uh, I kind of get the satisfaction out of watching them perform. When I, when I help them put something together and I know they have their heart into it, um, it's just as fulfilling for me uh, to watch them uh, go out there and do it in the ring as it was for me. Because I, I know I had a lot of passion for this. So when I... When I would get it in my head and I knew what I wanted to do and I would go out there in front of the fans and perform, it, it was just, it, it was an exciting feeling. It's, it's uh, just the biggest high in the world to be able to do that. And so now that I get to see all the other guys do the same thing, guys and gals, um, get out there and do it, it's, it's just a re, uh, such a rewarding uh, feeling. So, um, yeah, NWF, we're on the road all the time, every week. Uh, we do a lot of events for the, we call it the Future Stars um, the, the ones that are training, we do a lot of events at Bone Crushers. Okay. Um, our next event there will be Friday the 13th. That's Cincinnati. That's in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, uh, but we hit, hit Ludlow, Kentucky, Covington, Kentucky, Mount Orb, Ohio, Fairfield, Ohio. I mean, we're, we're going all over, pretty much all over the tri-state. So we have done events in Indiana as well, but um, we kind of stick to the tri-state area. Um, but it's, uh, NWF has been around forever. Um, it's been around the longest um, a lot of people have said that it's the best around um, in independent promotion. So uh, I'm very proud to be part of that, and um, hopefully I add a little bit of credibility to the to the promotion itself. Just uh, from places Abyss and I and uh, Carl Anderson as well has been through there. So um, yeah, it's it's great. Cincinnati's been like huge for wrestling in general over the years. WWE's developmental used to be in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, they, and then they went to Louisville, I think, OVW. Louisville with OVW, and, which is still around. That, mm -hmm. That's always been a big um, big area for wrestling developmental. And then, uh, of course, Florida is where they're at now. But, um, yeah, this whole area, I mean, the, the whole um, whole eastern side of the country has just been huge with wrestling. It's just – yeah, um, and that's why I say I, I just think it's going to get bigger. I mean, it's just – uh, the, the fans, they'd love coming out and, and seeing everything that we can do. So definitely uh, come out May 7th, Ludlow, Kentucky, Bierkus, NWF wrestling event. Uh, we also got May 27th, the Cincy Wrestling. Cincy Wrestling, that'll be Storm uh, and I back together for okay. that night. So you'll get to experience America's Most Wanted again. That's right. <laughs> of course, he's going to do all the work. I just try to stand there and look pretty. <laughs> and then the next day, the 28th, there's an all-women's NWF uh, Women's Re Revolution Rising. Yes, uh, uh, so big another NWF production. So uh, That's pretty cool. But it's for all the girls and a uh, lot, lot of girls coming in from out of town too. So we're really putting a lot into that, and hopefully that's a huge, um, huge event for us. Awesome.
And that's going to be taking place? That is at a uh, VFW hall on Elmwood Place. Okay. Um, I don't know the exact address, but... Cincinnati? Um, uh, in Cincinnati, okay. yeah. Uh, but they, you can go to nwfwrestling.com and find out some ticket info for that. So, um, but yeah, a lot of events coming up. A lot of good ones. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me, Justin. It. I appreciate it, man. Um, maybe I can get you to sign that figure before you Absolutely. leave. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And uh, what else do we got here? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, your social media. Where can people follow you oh, on social media? I have a cheat sheet. There you go. Um, you got to remember I, all the different names on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, and I've had quite a few concussions, so that's, <laughs> that's my excuse. Um... I am on, uh, yeah, Twitter is probably the best thing that you can reach me with is uh, at AMW Wildcat. Okay. My wife has me uh, getting used to the Instagram thing, which is at AMW Wildcat Chris Harris. Um, for any bookings, um, this is uh, my uh, with my booking agency. It's Pro or the Lomo Pro, it's T-H-E-L-O-M-O-P-R-O.com. And also we have uh, merch out there that uh, you can get at locally at shows, um, or you can go to amwwildcat.com. You can get T-shirts just like this. So Awesome. Um, yeah, man. Um, got all kinds of things in the works, so I stay pretty busy. And um, like we said before, uh, hitting a lot of the conventions as well. So, um and trying to enjoy it uh, in the in the after wrestling life. Good deal. I'll have to come to an NWF event soon. Yes, you will. You sure <laughs> will, man. All right. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you coming on. Everybody, in the comments below, give it up for Wildcat Chris Harris. Thank you, guys.